Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast, where we go in-depth with practical ways for you to pray, vote, and engage. Today we are joined by Marjorie Dannenfelser. Marjorie is the president of the Susan B. Anthony List and the author of our May Book Club selection. Marjorie's book is titled Life is Winning, and she will be discussing that book as well as the pro-life issue. Bunny Pounds coming to you from my hotel room in South Texas today, but I'm super excited because this month, starting in May, we are featuring a book by Marjorie Dannenfelser, Life is Winning. Okay, so love this book. Love this book because she's talking about the inside fight for unborn children and mothers. And I thoroughly enjoyed the history lesson. Again, the reminder of the pro-life movement. And let me introduce you to Marjorie. I'm so excited to have her on our podcast. You have to listen to this interview all the way through and you have to share it with your friends because this is one of the biggest issues that we're dealing with in the nation. And I know people in Texas really care about this issue, um, the saving of the unborn. So Marjorie is the president of Susan B. Anthony List. Um, Under her leadership, this is exciting numbers, guys. SBA List and its super PAC, Women Speak Out, raised more than $61 million in the 2020 election cycle. And that helped elect 19 new pro-life women and over 30 new pro-life members of Congress. I mean, can we all say hallelujah to that? I mean, I am. So anyway, she's been published in, in Time Magazine, in the Washington Post, in National Review, in Real Clear Politics, alumni of Duke University, married to an amazing husband named Marty and five children. Okay, that gives you a, a brief overview. Marjorie, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I am a huge fan of you. And our whole team has follows you and your career. And I love what you do with the time that the Lord has given you responding to every moment. So I'm just wanting to give that love right back to you. Well, for those of you who don't know, I was endorsed in my congressional race in 2018 by Susan B. Anthony List and got to know your vice president, Marjorie, uh, Marilyn uh, Musgrave, so well. Love Marilyn and just so love this organization. If I can think of a national pro-life organization that's really getting it done, it's Susan B. Anthony. So Marjorie, super excited about talking to you about this book. And again, if you all need an understanding of the history of the pro-life movement, through the last 40 or 50 years, Marjorie lays it out in this book. So let's just get into it. Okay, I've got lots of questions because I got just done reading this book, Marjorie. So you talk about your life, your early life as a young uh, woman, as being a convert to the pro-life movement. What do you mean by that? And tell us a little bit of your backstory. So I'm from Eastern North Carolina, a very um, Christian, saturated place to grow up in a beautiful place. And yet the the pro-life issue did not take with me. I thought that um, that, it, that to be a strong, successful woman, I was Republican, but that this was uh, not the issue that you would take on. You And also uh, my, my lifestyle was very much attached to 
the idea that I might need, need an abortion one day. So my mind and heart were very much closed to the arguments until I went to college, until I, um, oddly, at Duke University, I met some great apologists for the pro-life cause. And then I did an internship in D.C., met a whole bunch of people that I that were different from anybody I had ever met and were really great um, apologists for the cause. And so after a while, my mantra of my body, my choice, which is the least brilliant phraseology that a feminist could ever come up with, makes no exactly. sense. Exactly and doesn't stand much testing. And becoming a philosophy major, it just started to crumble at the heart. The center of the pro-abortion, pro-choice, I called it, argument simply didn't hold. And it couldn't hold because it could never answer the question, what is that? What is the, what is it that is the topic of this argument? If it's a baby, then this is truly human rights movement of our time. If it's not a baby, it's the stupidest movement that ever lived because it'd be mm. the equivalent of saying you don't have control over whether you get an appendectomy or not or a hysterectomy or not. And so getting to those fundamentals was vital. And thank God for people like you and probably a lot of people that are um, with us today that uh, are unafraid and very kind in the way they communicate their pro-life position because that's what reeled me in. It really did. And the Holy Spirit who had to open my heart and mind to the argument. Exactly. And and we've discovered here in Texas engaging millennials and Gen Xers around the state, even within the church, that there is a lot of confusion and people don't understand the importance of this issue and that they need to really prioritize it when they vote. Marjorie, can you speak to that just for a second? Why is this the number one issue that you vote on or that you encourage people to vote on? Well, having gone from 100% pro-abortion and even leaning on it when I was in college to being absolutely 100% pro-life, I fell really hard, like a lot of converts do. I became very clear from a philosophical point of view about which human rights come when and what is most fundamental. And there was no arguing against the idea that the very right to live embedded in our constitution, our founding documents, that very life right to live and breathe is the font for every other right. Every single other right comes after it. The yes. Second Amendment, the ability to engage in commerce, um, every single right flows from that right. And when you get that one wrong, you get everything wrong, politically, fundamentally, spiritually. On a spiritual level, I really believe that when uh, when conversions continue to grow, that hearts also open to many other things. Because being pro-life, especially converting, is an act of self-denial in a lot of ways, that maybe my ways are not necessarily his ways. That the mm-hmm. argument that I have just assented to is uh, is one that will lead me on the path of truth in other ways as well. So why would I vote on, why would I be, uh, while I'm not a single issue voter, I can definitely say that I would never vote for somebody who wasn't pro-life. Right. Assuming that there was a choice. <laughs> um, because if you can't get that right, uh, you then you are you are um, stone faced in the in the uh, rea- against the reality that human beings are dying every single day, and uh, and the one thing that we have the gift of our founders were all the tools written into the Constitution and our founding documents that we could do something about an egregious human rights violation, and that's how we do it. We. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't do that, 
then um, then you've really failed in your moral and civic responsibility. So good, so good. So we think sometimes as Americans, though, that the nation as a whole is more pro-choice than pro-life, but that is not true. Mm-hmm. And and we're seeing a huge shift, especially with the younger generation on the pro-life movement, you know, probably because we can see sonograms, we can see heartbeats, you know, or hear heartbeats faster, right? There's all these things. And then Americans are against most of the polling, anything past the first trimester, as far as abortion. Talk to us about how life is winning from your perspective. Well, the book is called Life is Winning, um, which I took uh, directly from um, Mike Pence, who uh, I've spoken with and had sponsored him speak at many of our events and I've traveled with him just and life is winning has been his theme whenever he speaks on life and he's right mm. life is winning number one because it's true and number two because the light is being um, shined on the truth and it's easier to see as you say sonograms of course make an enormous difference um growing up seeing your little brother your little sister posted on the refrigerator as soon as there's a sonogram available is a pretty strong argument also being pregnant is a pretty great argument. Having an abortion is another argument if your heart and mind can help you to that place of healing mm-hmm. to see that it, that it uh, that while it destroys your child, it also chips away at your soul and your and your emotions and your intellect in some ways as well. Um, so the truth, yes, always sets us free. Sometimes we don't see it, but I think that what happened is for so many years, the media only reported very slight details of what public opinion was. And it was generally, are you for or against Roe versus Wade? Generally for Roe versus Wade came came through. Uh, Majority supported Roe versus Wade. But as it turns out, people were answering that poll without understanding what that meant. In general, people think that Roe versus Wade protected the so-called right to abortion in just the first trimester. Because when you dig in and ask them what their actual position is, it is, as you say, funny, it's almost always um, around the first trimester seems to be acceptable in people's minds. After that, it's not. Um, So digging in, we find that Hispanics, young people, um, people who describe themselves as pro-choice, only support abortion. The majority only supports abortion in the first trimester. So we're winning because the reality in, in this country is that the pro-abortion left is protecting 100% abortion up until the end. We are trying to pull that back. We want it protected from the beginning, but we're at least trying to get closer to where public opinion is. Right. And we do that, and, and we're moving in that direction. That's why we're winning. Uh, capturing those hearts and minds in something that I think Trump and Pence both did beautifully. And I think that's another reason they're winning. It's because their light is not being hit under the, bu- under the bushel anymore. It's being communicated in ways that people aren't afraid, like when I was growing up, to talk about the A word. It is discussed and it is revealed for what it is, which is a horror and an inhumane act. Well, that's a perfect segue to my next question, which is, I know you and I were both surprised that Donald J. Trump turned out to be the most incredible pro-life president in U.S. history. Um, You know, I know a lot of Christians out there, they struggle with the persona, they struggle with, you know, some of the communication styles of President Trump. Um, but talk to us. I mean, you really detail this in the book. 
the amazing things that Donald Trump did that was the first of any president really in America. Can you kind of just detail that out and not just about him, but why that needs to continue with our future presidential candidates in the future? Well, I think so. So you're a leader. People look to you and your opinion to help form their own. And it's because not everyone's looking at all the issues all the time or is so focused on this issue. So my response when he so being in that position and being um, leader of the pro-life movement, I when he first was running, I saw nothing attractive in his position. I knew that he was a very recent convert. It was a good sign that he felt that he had to convert to the pro-life position. That's a great sign. And yet, is it real? And then when I heard a lot of the way he talked about some other women candidates and other people that I really didn't like, I was dead set against him. So my position was anybody. He was my last choice. Uh, and I said that very loudly in South Carolina and Iowa, two early places that uh, there where uh, those states are necessary to for the run-up to get the nomination and then this person who was my very last choice became my first choice because yeah <laughs> because I came to um to two places one a di- uh, choice between Hillary Clinton and him and another is a place of of knowing him and how he is and how the art of the deal to be perfectly honest was real for him not a game and uh only the good lord knows exactly where in his heart he is, but I do know this. I do know that no one articulated it better. No one said it and meant it more. No one had the keen sense. No other pro-life president has had the keen sense that he did to um, bring it up in the strategically smart way and timing that he did. Um, I believe the closing argument of his election in 2016 with Hillary Clinton was at that last debate when he described what an abortion is. And he described it in, in, a, uh, in the partial birth abortion uh, instance, but it's exactly the same instance at every point along, along the way. It's the shredding of a child. And he was courageous to do it. Others who um, kind of go along with the guidelines and are more appropriate speaking um, according to the rules of the institution of politics never communicated that. And, and certainly not as an articulate as a, a way or just a plain spoken way. But at, at that point in the debate, he knew that it was important. He knew the pro-life voters were key to winning the election. And he knew what, what he recoiled against and trusted that the country would as well. So exactly what he did pulled this from the back of the bus to the front of the bus, took this issue from a place that was like patching on the head. Yeah, we love you guys. We know you're going to vote for us because who else are you going to vote for? (laughs) And instead, we have this man who was willing to make concrete commitments to my organization and and me in writing as the head of his pro-life coalition that he fulfilled and went beyond. The funny, we we joke after, uh, after, you know, the end of the administration, we joke that um, he says, I think I fulfilled more promises than I ever even made, which, of course, um, then Mike Prince would say, well, that's mathematically impossible. I'm like, And yet you did. You know, you did. He went well beyond. He knew where the heart of the movement was, how powerful it is. So yes. Moving ahead, moving ahead, that is the model for winning. Whether you emulate his personal style or not, the position and how he handled it was exactly what you do. Funny, it's like what you did. 
It's communicating, never hiding that light, knowing the power of the pro-life movement that is latent if no one speaks, but is powerful and brings you over the winning line if you speak of it. So because it's about death of people. <laughs> it's not about tax deductions for office equipment. This is powerful. Yeah, and everybody is affected by it. Marjorie, part of my story when I ran for Congress was that my my husband had paid for several abortions in his early young years before we got married. And he was that was the one thing he was afraid to tell me for like 10 years of our marriage. Right. And and it affects people regardless of whether you're male or female it's affecting our whole culture because it's actually it's sin that affects our souls. Right. And, and is, is killing off the next generation. So we loved president Trump's boldness. We, I remember that moment in that debate, just sitting there thinking, wow, what just happened and tears starting to fill my eyes. Like, I don't remember this ever happening before, and I'm so thankful. And I know all of us were deeply affected when he went and headlined the March for Life, the first president to do that. And what a beautiful speech he gave. And I just want to say concretely, it wasn't just how he spoke, though that was important to him winning and signaling that he's going to be the Berlin president. Once he became the president, even before Inauguration Day, we were working with the vice president's office, which turned out to be kind of the employment office early on. There had been no transition work done at all. And the staffing of the administration was purely pro-life. Wow. Unlike any other administration, no cabinet official, if it had nothing to do with pro-life, they still could not be um, named a cabinet official if they weren't pro-life. So that's why I say he absolutely, has, uh, he did operate as the most pro-life president ever. It's not because I don't think the others weren't pro-life. It's just that institutionalizing of the pro-life issue within the administration in seen and unseen ways was how he did it. And it is a model for the future. Yes. And I know both of us were very thankful because we have a long history with the, the vice president, former vice president, Mike Pence, when that nomination came down and he picked Mike Pence as his vice president, that changed everything for me. And I know probably for you as well. Yes, it did. It made an enormous difference. And Kellyanne being on the campaign also. Yes. So SBA List is a nonpartisan organization like we are with Christians Engaged. We're ministering to all Texans. We're talking to all people, right? You even started your uh, congressional career. I guess, you know, you weren't in Congress, but you served as a staffer for a Democrat member. I don't know if very many people know that. And I was, it was really an incredible piece of your history that I learned in this book. Mm-hmm. But we, most of our work has been within the Republican Party because you have to choose a party. And unfortunately, the Democratic Party has, you know, turned a blind eye to this issue in a lot of ways. Talk to us about the 2016 um, platform for a second in the Republican Party and how that was the most pro-life again in history. I think that was a huge win. Um, mm-hmm. Many people yeah. know that I serve on the, the state platform committee here in Texas and was nominated with David Barton to be on the national platform in 2020. Unfortunately, we didn't have a real convention and I wasn't able to go, <laughs> but still well, we, honor- knew, we knew we had a good standard bearer no matter what but yeah, yeah we we were ready to fight for those planks um but talk to us about that and why it's important for christians to get involved even in party politics uh in both parties so um yes it is a nonpartisan issue it transcends parties it transcends neighborhoods it transcends everything because it's a fundamental human right 
Therefore, it should be completely embraced by both parties. And exactly. it actually is not. It is now completely polarized if you want to get into national democratic politics. No chance you're breaking in. Obama sealed that. That Obama made clear that you would never have a high level, or at least not in this part, portion of history, another high level elected official in the Democratic Party who was pro-life. But for many, many years, there were. There, uh, there were 30 pro-life uh, Democrats in the House of Representatives when I went to work for that one member, and it was important for every single vote, and I was handling the pro-life issue for the pro-life caucus um, after that, that every single vote we had to have all those pro-life Democrats and all the pro-life Republicans, and they weren't all pro-life Republicans at that point. Now it's just completely polarized. You can't be pro-choice and a Republican either. So so, but what I did find, and I think it's worth saying, because I think as when we look to the future and when we, because we are winning, there is a heritage in the Democratic Party that is beautiful. It, it's the communication about the outlier, looking out for the little guy, not allowing those in the margins of society to fall below the safety net. And that they, so therefore the first thing that you do is save their life. And then you work to alleviate poverty and other that heritage is important, I think, and I think it's something that can be grasped in the future. Um, on the uh, platform is a communication of the party. Uh, now it is a communication of the solid way we have absolutely brought together the party again uh, to be, and no other time in history has it been as solid and strong as it is right now. Thank God, the work of the people like you on the platform, also the people who have, who have made sure, and it's the role of my organization, to make sure that we uh, that we reward our friends who run on pro-life and then act pro-life, and then yes. we, and then we defeat those who um, who who are not. That's all the politics is. We call it the velvet hammer here. You know, you you love you with love you defeat, <laughs> and with love you reward. Uh, and it takes a lot of money to do that and a lot of organization and all that. Um, but I think to your question about getting involved in politics, there's, there's, it, it, being involved in politics is a phrase that I wish we could come up with a different way of describing it. Actually engaging and changing um, and, and saving lives requires getting involved in elections. It involves um, voting and bringing others along with you. The idea that politics has some veneer now that um, uh, that that is accurate in some ways, but it's nasty and dirty. Um, there's a reason that Satan has a has a hold and, and, and has made it such a horrible place to be because he wants to he wants to keep people of the light out. He wants to keep people who are who are um, fighting for human rights that are authentic out out of the political arena. And I think that um, if you, I, you, we must be people of prayer, but unless we pray, like Frederick Douglass says, uh, after, after decades, he prayed on his knees, but then he prayed on his feet. And that was the beginning of the end of slavery in his lifetime. And that is exactly what we must do too. If we think this is the death of a child, then you must do every single thing you can do to help mother and child and make sure that people who elected a public office who have the power to end this uh, actually do that. And there's no other, there's no other sure route. And I just want to say this one thing. I think the hardest thing that we have is that in our party, in our country, regardless of party, is that people of faith are not with one voice stepping up and communicating and doing some of the easiest things that could be done in politics 
because they don't want to don't want to step into that arena. And I think that is on our conscience as a Christian people. And that's why we still have abortion right now. We 100% agree. And that's why we started Christians Engaged really to target Texas, but also to build a model that we can build out from the country. And Marilyn, we ask people to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage to start voting in every election, to pray for five minutes a week for their nation. That's it. And to learn, get politically educated and start engaging wherever God's called them to do. And we kind of help people navigate that. And we just in the course of the last year, we had thousands of people around Texas take our pledge and are actively starting to vote in every election, which is exciting. Um, but this is one of the issues that I think we we have to focus on even more as believers and get engaged on. So you kind of started talking about the SBA strategy, but delve into that a little bit more for us. Um, what does the nonprofit side do? What does the PAC do? How can people get involved in actually uh, getting more elected officials that are pro-life elected? Well, um, being starting the Susan B. Anthony list really evolved from my work on the Hill. By the time you're engaged in lobbying on the Hill and trying to affect change there, it's, it's almost too late. Um, if you have to change votes that dramatically, you got to back it up. You got to back up the whole process. Who goes? So true. There? Who goes there is the thing, is the first thing. And um, and so that's the part of the process that I think on the national level, we, I believe, was really missing. A really muscular arm of the pro-life movement was needed desperately. There was really no discipline in the, in the movement on a national level at all. And that's why we got padded on the head and sent to the back of the bus during the election and then after and why we were always kept aside. And uh, But no, we prove that this power that we have, that we leverage in elections to bring people across the finish line, um, they see that. It, it, um, it amplifies and affirms their own pro-life position. It means that once they've been elected, we're there with them. We were there with them before they were elected and we're there here to help them lead in all the ways that they promised. Trump is a perfect example because he took that specific concrete pledge. Once he got in the White House, we helped staffing of the administration and then walking with him and Mike Pence all along the way to do everything they said that they would do. So that's what we did, but we started very small. We started in my living room with about $500 and uh, what I thought had to be done. And I, it's, uh, I would never recommend how I did it to anybody on the planet. I mean, I can't even believe I was that stupid. But no, Holy, I, I understand it very well. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, like, you know, just filled in in every missing place. Uh, it really, I look back and I think miracles were happening that I didn't, couldn't even see or acknowledge until many years later because where I lacked, everybody else stepped up. And, uh, and the thing that I never wanted to do, I ended up spending all my time doing and loving, which is raising money for this cause. Like, so, so somehow he used this model and we were only electing pro-life women then because there were no pro-life women communicating on the national. And there were no bunnies. There were no Joni Ernst. There were no women that we, all these 19 beautiful women who that weren't here. But once we felt like we got critical mass, we at least had some voices. We also saw that national void. And so started building towards winning statewide elections, not just congressional elections and helping men because the, we needed to be looking at the overall strategy. 
electing women is important and it's an important piece of the strategy, but the overall strategy is electing a pro-life Senate, a pro-life president, a, a renewed Supreme Court and federal judiciary so that we can start to overturn Roe versus Wade, so that we can start passing laws that save lives in the, uh, in the states on shock yes. so they can do it. That's the overall strategy. And that's why, that's how it grew in ways that frankly, I'm shocked and grateful for. Well, reminder to everybody listening to us that it's really important who you elect on the state level, too, because they can affect a lot of things down in Austin, Texas, um, that affects the pro-life movement and unborn babies here in the state. But that's also the bench, guys, a lot of times for the people we elect nationally. Um, Right, Marjorie? Yeah. And I would just say now, especially we 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 have to keep things from going insane on the federal level and we're doing all we can for the filibuster and, and election integrity and all that on the federal level but the state level in texas on the state level where those first laws when roe was chipped away or overturned those states those 30 states that we believe are the first states that's where we're trying to put our love our attention our money um and so that i mean now for us that's the next a really vital point of, of growth in his guidance <laughs> um, because it's enormous. But it's also why, I, you know, um, I think you know you better. You know, everybody, all the statewide legislators across the country that we know, they will be the most important legislators elected. And what happens in the House and the Senate won't be as nearly as important. Exactly. Exactly. So how do people connect with you? And I want to remind everybody, grab Life is Winning. And you have a website for this, right? Is it Life is Winning? Life, life is Winning. If you actually just go on our website, you'll can link it from there. So one-stop shop, go to our website, which is just sbalist.org. Google Susan B. Anthony List. It'll all pop up there. Like You can get Life is Winning through there too. But there's so many ways to engage on the on the. Uh, on the political, on the education. We haven't talked about a lot of that stuff. Also on the state level and on the federal level. So yeah, I'm really grateful. Woohoo. Okay. (laughs) Well, so get the book guys, start reading it. We're going to have a discussion on it the end of May. And so we'll be on a zoom call. So register for our book club at christiansengage.org book club and check that out. Um, it's always good for me to have accountability. That's why we started this book club because everybody was asking us for book resources. And hey, it keeps me accountable to read books. And so hopefully <laughs> it does for you as well. Let's turn off those Netflix and Hulu accounts and start reading. Oh, and get talking to me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, last question, Marjorie, before I let you go. Favorite color? Blue. Blue and you're wearing blue today. Well, it is a blue. There's blue sky. It's like teal. Duke blue. Duke blue. Not Carolina blue. Duke blue. I'm, I'm yeah. good with the blue. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love your accent. It is the best. So, thank you for being a pro-life hero to so many. Thank you for staying in the fight for so many years. And we just hope that the next generation can just, you know, keep going and produce a wave that cannot be stopped in America. And I just want to remind people, do not lose hope, folks. Oh, no. um, the word that I had uh, the last couple weeks is it's time for a resurrection. And always in the darkest places, the light is about to break through, right? We saw that when we celebrated Easter, that it's always the, the darkest in the death. 
but resurrection is coming. So let's just keep believing and praying for the resurrection of our nation and believe for things to shift. And I know with uh, partners like SBA List in the fight, we are all going to be a better nation. So thank you, Marjorie, so much for joining us. Thank you. This is fun. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is a production of Christians Engaged. We are a nonpartisan nonprofit that exists to awaken, motivate, and educate ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation regularly, vote in every election, and engage our hearts in some form of political activism. To learn more about us, please visit our website at christiansengaged.org. That's christiansengaged.org.